You're listening to the No Gray Areas podcast with Patrick McCullough. Today's guest is Allie Gentry, national speaker, radio host, and adventurist. She shows us how to desensitize our lives and start living a life of peace. Let's dive in. Allie Gentry, thank you so much for being on the No Gray Areas podcast. I think we met a couple of weeks ago or maybe two mm-hmm. months ago, right? Just a mutual a, friend. Right. Patty Wyatt, yep. who has also been on here yep. as well. Yep. You were on her podcast recently and she was on our podcast and yes. I was on her podcast. So yeah, we're just, we're all trading yes, podcasts together. Yes, I love it. I love it. But I'm yeah, to be here. Thank you for Connected with on. you right away because you're, yeah. you're a national speaker, right? You do a lot of, uh, you, 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 you speak at your church often mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. You have a podcast as well. Tell us more. I'm- yeah, I get to do a little bit of yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I have a radio show podcast here in Arizona, and the podcast is also on YouTube now called The Vibrant Life Show. Okay. And got the honor of doing that. Started it last June or so, and then I also run a an event, a monthly event yeah. called Arise, which is here in Phoenix. Women from all over the city, different denominations, backgrounds, everything. We come together once a yeah. month and worship and. and and spend time together and we have speakers panels all that stuff which yeah. is so exciting and yeah run a nonprofit called vibrant ministries too so it's been a blast Lots you don't of get bored it, i do not get like, bored yeah, i do like not get bored. bored i say if you're gonna be single yeah, this yeah. late in life you better yeah. find some awesome some fun stuff to do so yes. we gotta fill the time lord <laughs> well and and you actually are part owner of a uh, of a franchise that some people may have heard of right tell us about that it's a little um football team called the green bay packers yeah yes yeah. So Sorry about what happened recently. Oh, that was heartbreaking my for heart you. Hurts. Yeah, it yeah, still hurts. Yeah. I mean, it just was really tough to watch them not play yeah. well and lose. Yeah. And so, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a, as a part owner of the franchise now yeah. that I can finally say it's a little bit harder to take. But yes. Um, when I sent you that email about this podcast, yeah. <laughs> I started the email with "I'm so sorry." I'm so sorry. Because I knew you were a big Green Bay I, Packers fan. So I appreciate the condolences. Yeah, yes, yeah. I'm still in mourning, but we're. But we're when you get say part owner. Or some people but some people might be confused by that so explain that okay really quickly. here's the deal yeah. is you can buy stock in yeah. the green bay packers for not a lot of money yeah. um so you're not a billionaire so i'm <laughs> no <laughs> okay. i'm not a billionaire okay. it's not this like huge thing really green the green bay packers are the only team in the nfl that operates this way and people are able just anybody mm. can buy stock in it for certain amounts of time until they're bought up and then they reopen it years later really we don't have any say in it we get to vote one time yeah. a year yeah. on like stadium maintenance and that's basically it but we do it just for the bragging rights yeah, of saying yeah, I'm, an, yeah. I'm a co-owner <laughs> what other what other fan gets to say i'm part owner of my team truly yeah, no other team yeah, can yeah and that's so what that's, makes it that's awesome. impressive yeah well today we're going to talk about uh, anxiety and depression mm-hmm. and it's something that man humans have always struggled with this but right. but because of what's been happening in our world i think because of young people it's unprecedented what they're dealing with. I mean, growing up has always been difficult, right? right? Those teenage years, middle school, junior high girls are the most cruel people on this planet to each other, right? I so, can attest to <laughs> yes. that. Yes, and absolutely. It's, it's always been that way, but, yeah. but th- now there's a, just another level because mm-hmm. of social media and everything. So this is something that we're really seeing in an unprecedented way, right? Um, right? You're seeing it. Yes. And 
Yeah. Yeah. And so I really believe that our social media, our access to information, actually, it's not just social media, but I would say television news has changed. It's 24 seven. We have the internet. We have access to so much information and more information than our brains have to truly digest and understand or even feel and empathize. And most of that information isn't really good information, right? Like most of the news we're getting isn't what someone did on the other side of the world that was good. It's right. a tsunami killed these many people. Right. Uh, this serial killer is right. That's the kind of news we're ingesting. It's very much fear-based or pain-based even. And I think that that fear is what's driving the clicks or the big stories are what get more clicks and, okay, this yeah. person helped this person on the other side of the world. And I understand to some extent why it does. And, and our hearts will break for certain things that are going on. And, you know, it's beautiful to be able to come alongside people around the world who are going through things now yeah, yeah. if we see it and and are very particular in how much we're digesting of it yeah. um but i think what's also happening at the same time is we can't digest all of the hard and tough and painful things we're seeing and um the people who are you know just whether it's politics or you know things that are happening around the world that is just awful um we <laughs> I don't know how to necessarily explain it, but I think that we're losing empathy because we can't actually feel all the things that we're designed to feel in that moment because it's on to the next. Yeah. And so we're tr we're almost having to tune out and numb out, but we're not created to live a life that's numbed so out. We almost lose our compassion and empathy toward, you know, hearing about a, you know, a mother that lost a child or something, but we've heard so many bad things today that right. we almost just just for self-preservation have to have to almost, you know, ignore some of that, right? Is yeah, that what you you're saying? Into, yeah, you get into self-protect mode. And I think to some extent that's the, we have to to make it <laughs> or else we would be just distraught yeah. all the time. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, Paul in scripture, I mean, because of the more knowledge he had and he saw the suffering, the more that he mourned with them and he cried with them, but he also had joy, said to take joy in your suffering. Yeah. So because you know that this is not your home. And I think if we could see those situations and if we have an eternal mindset like we do in faith and we're like, okay, this world is not our home. We actually have a hope that's beyond what we're mm -hmm. seeing with our own eyes. Mm -hmm. Then we can take joy that one day, yeah. <laughs> every tear will be wiped away. All of this, there will be no pain. There will be no suffering any longer. And if we can hold on to that, then it'll give us that drive to tell other people about the hope yeah. and the joy that we have when it would make no sense. Yeah. And so as believers, especially, but I think in general, we are living in such a fear-based society that we don't even know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. And so we're shutting down and we're isolating instead of engaging in our lives. And when we isolate, that's when a lot of times that's when that depression and anxiety come in um, because we'll isolate from the people in the community that we're called to instead of just like a little community that used to be before we got all this information. Now our communities expanded around the world. And um, what happens in that too is we're getting desensitized and we're being overwhelmed. Boy, that's a key word right there, isn't it? Desensitized. Mm -hmm. Like that's a key word, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you know, as you're talking, I was thinking, I've never thought of this until you were just saying this, that we've become almost like first responders. Like we've always known that first responders have have to deal with things and they and they have to almost protect themselves in the moment. They can't sit down like they're in a they're called to a scene and maybe there's a little child that was hurt or killed and and they can't like sit down and feel the empathy and weep at that moment. And so they, they have to cover that up. But what we've known has been proven through studies 
that that eventually comes out and, right. and in unhealthy ways and they have the PTSD and all that. But what you're bringing up is that because of all the social media and the news and the fear-based, we're almost all in that area now. And right? then when do we have time to work through it? It comes out later yeah. in some way, but we're still being fed yeah. every day, all of these things. And then, and then you add in social media with comparison to other people's lives that other people didn't have the, the access to what other people's lives always looked like, yeah. supposedly, quote, yeah. air quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so in that, we're adding in comparison, which adds on to the anxiety. But we are being desensitized because we, we don't know when to process all of this information. And it's coming out through ways I think that none of us really enjoy, but we also don't know what to yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've just seen the, especially in young people, and I have the honor and privilege of speaking to so many youth groups or university age, mm -hmm. college age, young mm -hmm. adults who are walking through this right now, who don't know life without technology in their hands. Like I gratefully am the side of a millennial where I remember life before yep. uh, having technology in front of yep. me and all this information. But, but you see, still, you still had the wireless telephone, didn't you? Like you had the little <laughs> antenna that they pull up, right? Yes. See, I remember the telephone that was hooked to the wall I with a cord uh, yeah. and it was rotary dial. That's how old oh, I am. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah, I yeah. just can't believe that. I know. I know. No, it's, no. it's 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 hard to imagine that we had <laughs> but you're we're talking about just a, a couple of generations right. we went from like literally I, I turned 50 this year so I just turned 50 and I remember growing up rotary telephone um multiple people you have to pick it up because it was a party line and you'd have to listen to see if anybody was up you don't even know what I'm talking I, about I, I, but I've then, heard about this before <laughs> yes I know but you thought it was like 1800s yeah. no it wasn't it was like the early 80s wow. and then we went to you know, well, then you had a phone, but you could walk around the house with it to now, like these younger generations, what yeah. you're saying, they're growing up and they don't know anything different than be able to get news from around the world, right. constantly comparison. Most of it's fear-based. Right. So that's where they're dealing with stuff that's or, really unprecedented, right? I would also say, yes, absolutely. And it's fear-based or they're trying to pinpoint some an insecurity in them to get them to purchase, to buy. To marketing. Do marketing goes at your insecurities because that's why it makes you, not all marketing, but yeah. do you know what I'm yeah. saying? In yeah, this exact yeah. instance where it's like, okay, well, you want this, you want to be more like this. And so this, it's this pull yeah. to feel like where you are is not enough. Who you are is not enough. And yeah, I think that God is a God of transform. I know that God's a God of transformation. And so we're always on a journey and growth and we can improve and there's things we can do. But I think sometimes the world plays on our insecurities yeah. for money for sure purposes only and that's not at our best interest so we have to learn how to safeguard yeah. those types of things and to be on watch for the next yeah. generations behind us how can we as the adults in the situation right now set up the next generation to see how technology information all those things are amoral in and of themselves they aren't mm -hmm. naturally mm -hmm. necessarily bad or good but it's how we decide to process and what we can do so we need to help set up ourselves first of all yeah. <laughs> and um, figure out what's going on and then set up the next generation to be healthy to be whole and to remember that there's more to life than just staring at a screen well i'm glad you just brought up what you did because you're saying first of all to make sure we're handling it correctly and then to reach back to the next generation because we, we're talking about how this this younger generation is unprecedented they've they this is all they've known but for me that's not all i've known but yet it's still what i'm dealing with so that's if true. i'm not careful 
I'm ingesting this stuff where you're saying, I just don't have the margin to deal with this. I don't have the empathy to deal with this. So it's not just the young generation. We're all dealing with this now, right? Absolutely. Right? And I yeah. would even say I, I dealt with anxiety and depression. I would say even depression more so anxiety as I got older now that I understand kind of the difference between the two. Um, but I dealt with depression since honestly, since at least junior high. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you didn't know that at the time. I didn't understand you didn't know, yeah, that. Yeah. And and now it's more known so people can voice it. But I think sometimes when we just voice things without doing something with it, we're still stuck there. Yeah. And now now a lot of people can say I'm de depressed or anxious because we now are like a little bit more vulnerable as a society to say those things. Yeah. But I didn't even understand the concept of it as a junior hire. But I've been with junior hires now who understand that concept to some extent. Yeah. Now they can voice it, which is good. So what do we do with that? Yeah. But I I, do, I dealt with that for many years, in and out flows of depression and bouts of anxiety. And um, to the point where I, I did not want to even be here anymore. And I was at the age of 23 where I almost took my own life. And God met me in that moment. Like that's the moment because I was so depressed and I was so like, there has to be more than this, but I can't see it. Um, I can't see another way out or another option. And I can't do that. I can't handle this anymore. And in that moment, I remember praying and asking God just, like I knew God was real. I grew up in a church. I'm a pastor's kid, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I had strayed from the church. I was running the complete other yeah. direction to try and find something that filled yeah. that void within me, and a community that accepted me as I was. But they, I realized that the world doesn't. They might accept you for who you are, but they're never gonna call you higher and to be more than where you are. Um, the hope isn't found out in the world. Okay, wait, can you say that again? Mm -hmm. Yeah, say that again. That was really good. Yeah. They might accept you for who you are, but... They're not going to call you higher and to be more than you are. And that mm. hope that only, I believe, only because I've tried every other way too. Let me say that. Mm -hmm. Like I have literally tried every other way to find hope, to try and find purpose, to find meaning, to get me out of the pit that I was in. Nothing, only, it only put me back. It, I probably dug the pit even deeper, to mm -hmm. be honest. Mm -hmm. And I was lost and I was looking at all these people who were like, oh, well, you're fine. It's okay that you're doing those things. It's okay. Like, and, and I think it's because everybody else is there and they're like, well, I want you to be okay because I want to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. you get into this cycle of, of looking around and being like, actually, there has to be more than this. And if there's not more than this, I can't do this. That's, yeah. There's not a lot of hope in that, right? None. Yeah. Yeah. None. And and I just looked around thinking, okay. And and, and there I was running from the church and the community that could did have hope, trying to find, you know. Mm -hmm. And I realized and I said, God, just take me to heaven. I just don't want to be here. You know, and I, I gave him an ultimatum and I prayed and I said, God, by the time I count down to one, you gotta take me home because I can't do this. And I was I was yelling in my in my um closet and just on the floor crying and by the time I got to the number four I remember counting down out loud and so serious about it and um I just felt this overwhelming peace flood over me and I remember God just I just felt impressed on my spirit that it was I was spoken to Allie you know that I love you mm -hmm. you know that but it's time to make a choice either follow after me wholeheartedly and come after me with all I have for you or go the ways of the world, just like leave my name out of it. And I know that that's hard for people to hear. It's what mm -hmm. I like to call Holy Spirit truth bombs. Mm -hmm. Okay, they hurt, mm -hmm. but they're love, you know? Yep. And I realized I was trying to do the dance of 
be in both worlds of like and it wasn't working for you no it's exhausting and it'll break you and it's it's like okay it's almost it's like it's time to choose what are what what is what is truth to me and what or who is truth honestly and time to make that decision I think a lot of us have been in this like we're so inundated with the world all the time and yet we're trying to have one foot into what our purpose is but the world's like putting fear on us and it's hard for us to move and we are feeling the weight of which it which only adds to the depression and anxiety right exactly so did you did you uh you got to four and I you heard God four. say that. What, what did you get to one? I did get to one. I well at four I slowed down. I yeah. usually do it a little bit yeah. more dramatic. I'm yeah. a little <laughs> as you can tell, I'm a little yeah. extra sometimes. Yeah. But I was dramatic always. And so thanks Lord for for adding a little scoop of extra drama in yes. when you made me. But um I got down to one and that's when I felt like I could finally breathe. And I felt this overwhelming peace that I had. So never you were known. asking God, I'm gonna get to one and I want you to take me. Take me so I, I don't done. have to do it to like my Like you family. wanted to die. Yeah. I mean, but I, you had get it. To I knew, one I knew instead, how it was going to happen, everything. But at one. you Instead, you feel the, the peace. Like it started at four. Uh-huh. And then. I started to calm down at four. When I got to one, I was like, oh. Hmm. I just met Jesus. Hmm. Wow. He's, he's the peace that steps into any situation. Yeah. yeah. And brings it when it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And that's why I love it when Jesus is risen from the dead and he he walks into the upper room, walks through a wall, which is pretty epic. That's I pretty mean, cool. Come on. That would get your attention. I'd be like, what? Like, okay. As speakers, we're always trying to get the crowd's attention. Yeah. If we could only walk Jesus through walls. Through, yeah, if only, come on, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> you prayed at, you told us to pray for the yeah. supernatural. Um, but Jesus walks in and the first word he says is shalom. Yeah. Peace. Mm-hmm. And in our world of chaos and just the depression and anxiety, when we invite Jesus into it, he's, he is peace. Yeah. Yeah. When it doesn't make sense. And it seems like a cop out, right? It seems like, Oh, Jesus, yes, peace. Okay. That's the right thing to say. But I'm like, no, I've experienced this for, for, and, and, and I want to say too, is I believe that there's a difference between depression and anxiety. Yeah. I was going to come back to that. I wanted you to explain the difference between those. So depression, I, this is me. Okay. I am not, this is how I distinguish the two because I actually feel like depression is like very low energy. You can have like, it's hard for you to move. You become lethargic and just just want to sleep, sleep. And you just have energy. Anxiety is like high. I feel like when I have anxiety, it's like high octane. It's like, Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? It's more frantic. You can't breathe. You can't breathe. Yep. Yep. And it's like, that's, so there's There's a whole bunch of people listening right now that are going, I felt them both. Mm -hmm. Which is so unique, I feel, because we're going through depression, anxiety, depression, anxiety. Oh, I can't be depressed. I have to get stuff done. And now I'm anxious because I didn't get all the stuff done. And our our schedules are so full. Like, how do we get everything done that we're supposed to get done? And depression to me is when you feel like you see no hope in the future. It's, it's as if you can't see beyond your moment. And I always kind of realize when I'm, cause I still can struggle with this along yeah, the way. Yeah. And I, and I want to tell people, yes, the Lord saved me. And that's when I fully yeah. gave my life over to Jesus that day when I was 23, but it hasn't. But your depression, anxiety didn't just disappear forever. Just isn't, no. Yeah, and it, yeah. and for a while I was like, woohoo, freedom. And yeah. then there's another thing I have to work through because life changes, seasons yeah. change and God is growing our faith in a new and deeper way. And so I just want to tell someone if you've ever heard the fact that if you deal with this then you aren't a believer or you don't have faith i that's not truth yeah, yeah. um because jesus meets us in those yeah. moments and um 
and but sometimes we need to build our faith more in those moments. I'll say that. So yes, yeah. and yeah. have people around you who can speak faith into your life and speak truth when you can't. But depression, I just feel like it, it's where you can't see beyond, and it's almost like a, this fog is around your head. And and like when you try to look beyond it, you have no hope. You yeah. you don't see a way yeah. that's different than what you're experiencing. You know, I'm picturing a scene right now with what you're talking about yeah. because you know we talk about valleys and mountaintops. Mm. And I'm from Montana. And in the fall, the fog will sit down in the valley. And what you're saying is when you get in those valley moments, that depression time, it's like you lift your eyes up, but you can't see anything. It's just fog, right? Right, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. So what, I just want to say too, Montana is one of my favorite places in oh the world. Gosh, so I love that you were born there. It was not a bad place to go. Not, not a bad place. Not a bad place. And so, yeah, I do feel like it's that fog that's around us. But I feel like when you get into anxiety, yeah. anxiety is seeing a future. You can see the future, but you don't see God in it. And it's mm. almost like it's a this super control. And how is God going to make this work out? And my dad always jokes. He says, well, apparently that worrying works because 90% of the things that I worry about never happen. <laughs> I'm like, father, <laughs> you can't say yeah. that from the stage, yeah, yeah, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. But it's so funny when he says it because we all do that. We, we worry about things that truly never are yeah. going to happen. And yeah. it's not because we're worrying about them. <laughs> it's because they're just, yeah. we, we're worrying about this future and not playing God in the midst of, like putting God in the middle of like, how are my plans going to work out? But, but how do you explain? So let me ju jump in and ask this question because I've struggled with anxiety yeah. um, for the last eight years and it just hit me. I was, um, I was on a stage mm. and all of a sudden I'm like, what is going on? And I, I had to, I literally had to walk off the stage really embarrassing in the middle of a talk wow. and, um, launched me in like years of just battling with this. And, um, so I know people, and, and in some ways I'm thankful for that because when I started publicly sharing that, I can't believe how many people came up and said, man, I struggle with this too. Right. I struggle with this too. The problem for us that have anxiety or struggle with it is I know intellectually this is stupid. This doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. This is a dumb thing to be. What? But but in that moment, you can't like logic doesn't help you any. Mm -mm. Confession is that stuff that I deal with even this last week. And I had to remind myself like rejoice in this moment. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. The Lord is near. This is Philippians 4, 4 through 8. And it says, do not be anxious about anything, anything. Yep. but in everything, yep. through prayer and petition, yep. present your request to yep. God. And the yep. God of hope, he'll fill you with all yep. joy and peace. And this is, this is where it's interesting because the word anxious in that scripture actually means shortness of breath. And he says, don't Which be short exactly of breath. Which is exactly what happened. Like anybody that struggles with anxiety right now is going, that's seriously what it means? Because that's exactly what happens. Shortness of breath. Yeah. And that's why I tell myself, breathe, girl. Like just breathe. Because actually, physiologically, yeah. taking deep breaths. I'm sure you know mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. as well, I've tried everything. All the health stuff. Yep. But yep. like deep breathing is actually so good for our mental health and for mm -hmm. our body's health mm -hmm. in general. God literally mm -hmm. made us that way to where that oxygen helps mm -hmm. us think, think straight. And to mm -hmm. like it is a part of our health is actually deep breathing. And yet we live in an anxiety-ridden world of yeah. shortness of breath. And yeah. so we can't think straight. We can't realize. And, and so even in those moments, God's saying, no, like the peace of God, again, back to the mm -hmm. peace, will transcend all understanding. It so doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even make sense. So you're like, I'm in my head. I'm in my yeah. head. And it's actually, no, the peace of God transcends all our understanding. But before that, it says rejoice mm -hmm. always. Mm -hmm. The Lord is near. I always think like, so you're on the stage and that's happening to you. And you're getting this anxious moment. You're like, what? 
whatever it might have caused, um, might have caused it, whether it's like, why am I here? What was I supposed to say? Um, you know, some people might get anxiety because their schedules are overwhelmed or whatever it might look like. And in those moments, it's like, no, God placed me here in this moment. God's not shocked. And this is where, um, again, I've tried the ways of the world and tried to do it without God. So I keep bringing God into this. And also I mm -hmm. speak and preach. And so mm -hmm. it's going to yeah, come you, out of me. You can't help it. <laughs> I can't you can't help, help it. it. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's in those moments. It's, okay, do I trust God mm -hmm. that I did my best, I'm doing my best, and he can actually... Um, meet me in these moments. I can trust that I was here in this moment for a reason. I can trust that he'll give me the words to say right now. I can trust that he'll get everything done that I'm supposed to be done on my schedule today. Mm -hmm. And if I don't get everything done, actually he's big enough to cover, cover mm -hmm. that too. Mm -hmm. And we don't live with margin really in our lives and Look, the no, Sabbath. So, so let me, yeah, because I want to, I want to, Pause there for a yeah, moment. Yeah. Just talk about that because when you were talking about the shortness of breath, that that word literally means, um, don't be anxious for anything. Don't don't be short, short of breath yeah. with anything. But that's that's going back to where we kind of started. Our we live in a society where you can almost picture it. We're running from one thing to another. We're jumping on our phones, and and it's almost like you 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 almost see living that way as almost a shortness of breath, right? Mm -hmm. You don't even have time to stop. And but but um, the Bible is full. Mm -hmm. of gifts that God has given us as humans to say, right. I want you to pause and right. breathe deeply, right? So so share some of those. Be still and know that I am God. That's in Psalm 46. Stop. Just stop, Just stop. right? Let go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, from the beginning of creation, he set Sabbath into motion. Like he, he, he didn't have to rest. God doesn't have to rest. But he did it as an example for us to remember. And he put it within the, the laws of the, the yeah. Israelites. They yeah. had to take a seventh day, seventh year. And then the 50th year of Jubilee, they weren't allowed to do anything. And it wasn't supposed to be this overbearing law or rule. It was like God was saying, this is my gift to you. This is, this is how you're going to be healthy. Yes. And, so and we ignore that. Exactly. Because we have to go to the next thing, to the next thing. And 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 again, that's more Western society life. So yeah. there are places in the world that don't operate yeah. to the next thing, yeah. to the next thing. And but that's where we are. And so how do we say no? <laughs> I am not going to live in the tyranny of the urgent. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to live to where I have to go to the next thing all the time. And I actually will take a Sabbath day. I mean, I took it. I took one last Monday. I went to Sedona, which if you've never been. That's beautiful. beautiful. Oh, yeah. God's yeah. country. Yeah. And um, I went there even though I had so much to do. And I said, no, Mondays are my Sabbath day. I'm going to go and I'm not going to get back to emails. I got texts and I'm like, nope, I can't. Isn't I that can't. sometimes the most important time? Because probably uh, realistically, you could say, I don't have time to take this. Like right. literally, I, I don't, ha I can't. Yeah. Which is maybe sometimes the most important time that to force yourself to do it, which is exactly. what you did, right? Yes. Yeah. And so putting in boundaries, actually, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> we were going to get on a call and I said, I'm sorry, I can't until Tuesday. I don't know if you remember that. That's right. Yeah. And then we moved it. So, and so I didn't explain it. I just said, I can't. Because yeah. um, somebody, people would be like, oh, so you I was the bounced day for your Sabbath. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> God first. <laughs> hey, hey, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but that's what I was doing. And, and so I've learned that I don't even have to explain it to everyone. We are in a society that has to over explain everything that we're doing because we share everything, yeah. you know, and actually I think we could just do it and then God's going to yeah. take care of it. We, we got our phone me. call. We did. We had our phone call. It was great, easy, you yeah. know, and God took care of both yeah. of our timings. You were traveling and stuff and, you know, and it's trusting that if I give this time to God, yeah. if I give, I give Thursday nights to God almost always, I'm like, nope, nobody, yeah. it's a no fly zone for me. Yeah. Thursday nights, middle of the week. I just found rhythms so that I can remember to breathe. 
and that I remember that d the, not everything depends on me. So what advice would you give someone right now who is listening and they're going, man, I need to do that. Mm -hmm. I need to do that. But like what, what advice would you give them to say, to, to find a rhythm, a mm -hmm. Sabbath? That's a, that's a churchy word. It's a, it's, it's a Bible word. Yeah. It just it means taking rest, rest right? Yeah. Rest. Start with 10 minutes a day in the middle of your day. Find it. Um, lunch. If you have lunch break, maybe put your phone down and just be and eat. Mm -hmm. Just be. Just rest for that half an hour you get or hour or 15 minutes. We're human beings, not human doings. Exactly. So sometimes we just need to be. Just yeah. to be. And then or if you can go to a coffee shop that like fills you up or go on a walk. I started doing this one time when I had a very bad depression. I used to wake up in the morning, be active. Um because depression keeps you not wanting to, or you're like, how do I do this? How am I going to work this in? I started waking up in the morning, get my coffee, which I'd sit there and drink my coffee, but I just went on two laps around my community walking. And then I'm just like, just being filled up, no headphones, like just mm -hmm. quiet. Mm -hmm. Like we live in such a loud world <laughs> and to stop. I mean, I know some people are like, well, you're walking. You should be still, be still yeah, and no. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's like, no, actually like don't put, yeah. it's not about legalism. It's about what works for what your works lifestyle, for you. what works for your season. Some mm -hmm. seasons I could wake up and spend two hours like, mm -hmm. you know, on la la land and studying. And then other seasons right now, like that doesn't, it's not realistic to, I need more sleep right now. Mm -hmm. And so I work that, figure it out. Yeah. And, um, I'm single. Uh, that allows me, one of the gifts of singleness is it allows me to kind of do it maybe longer than some people yeah. can or more often. Yeah. Um, but in other ways, I think a lot of people think that because people are single, they should fill their schedules with more things because yeah. you don't have the natural boundary of yep. family. Yep. Oh, you're, you're home with your family yeah. tonight. Instead of like, Hey, why didn't you text yeah. me back? Yeah. I know that you're by yourself at home, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so it's just realizing your season. Don't put pressure and it's not legalism, it's actually freedom. So look at it as a place of, if I do this, I will have freedom from it and remember that 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 it doesn't all depend on yeah. you. And it's a very tactic of the enemy, I believe, to distract us, to keep us from being still, to hear the voice of God in our lives if we're too distracted by our schedules. Some, of, some people might need to say, sorry kids, you're not doing 20 sports this year. Yes. Sorry, that's not going to work in our schedule yes. as a family because we're going to prioritize rest so that we aren't a people of anxiety. You know, here's what I hear you saying. So I know, you know, when they publish books, they always leave a margin, right? Because our eyes actually can't, if they filled that page with words from one edge to the other and there was mm -hmm. no margin, we we just, we, we can't process that very well. So right. we they've proven, we just read better if there's margin. And what you're saying is that we live in a society that ends up filling that page if you're not careful. But right. that's, we get the freedom. I like how you use that word. It's not legalism. It's, we get the freedom to make sure that there's margin in our life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And think about how different we would look from the world if we actually implemented that. Like, mm -hmm. oh, they're not worried. They don't have to do all of the things. Like the world actually, I think, is wanting a different way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we we actually have a way to do it. You so, know? and there's there's personalities that are different, right? Like my my yes, please talk my, about that. Well, my <laughs> I was just gonna say, <laughs> I can tell. Like you're a driver type. I mean, all the stuff you're doing, you're a, you're a. It probably takes more work and effort for you to mm -hmm. make sure that you do that. And there's other people that are wired to to go on. I don't I don't need to 
try to win every game. I mean, I'm a, I don't know if you do the Enneagram thing. I'm a three Enneagram. I'm a four. Okay. Yeah. If yes. not winning, we're sinning. Threes yeah. and fours. Yeah. <laughs> so I literally have a cup over there that says all the feels Enneagram four right yeah, over there yeah. on the counter. <laughs> yeah. So I think our personality types, we probably yeah. have to work harder at that. Eights so, yeah. would be another one. Mm -hmm. If anybody knows the Enneagrams, there's some, some, Ones. my wife's a nine. My wife is actually really good at this. She's always been good at this. Yeah. She's just, she's just naturally Chill. saying like, I'm not, I'm not going to say yes to another thing. Right. I, I'm, yes. I'm overwhelmed. And, yes. But, but all of us need it. Well, and, and that's why one of the things that I love to talk to about people is how you are wired. And even with depression and anxiety to that, you know, some of us have chemical physiologically, we are more uh, like apt or like prone to fall into those categories. I am. And so I have to know that. So how do I defeat, how do I not defeat it, but yeah. learn how to deal with it yep. and do better with it. Personality types as a four on the Enneagram or people yep. who can go into this whole emo world. <laughs> yep. I live in la la land sometimes. Yep. And like you just become wrapped up in your feels and now that I have that as a tool, like, you know, people talk about personality tests and Enneagram and all these things. I love them. I coach people through them. They're a tool in the toolbox yeah. yes. to help your life, to help not only love who God's made you, but to mm -hmm. so that you can love others better. Mm -hmm. It's all for other people. Yeah. And when we have that, okay, then you can start to see red flags whenever you're starting to feel a certain way. Oh my goodness. Or put a stop on it. Be like, I have to rest. Like, no, I'm forcing myself to not work today as a three or, you know, those types of things. And when you don't work, I just think that they're helpful to know yep. because some of us are wired one way or the other. And um, I believe that God has so much for each one of us and he's created us so uniquely. And I and and my my heart breaks for especially the next generation. But for our like we're losing sight of purpose because we're looking for it everywhere around us. And God's like, actually, I created you yeah. on purpose for a purpose for such a time as this. Yeah. Like you said, you're 50. Yeah. I just turned 33 yeah. this last year. And I I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm 33. This is not what my life look in my head. You didn't think when this I was a 12 year old yeah. girl, 33, this is not what 33 was going to look like. Mm -hmm. But I realized that God placed me. And, and honestly, once you get older, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm really actually getting older. Yeah. This is happening. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. a thing that yeah. happens. Yeah. And it's like, no, actually God, like he saw it and he saw it best and fit in the timeline of eternity for me to be born on November 6, 1988. And if I can trust that, then I'm exactly where I need to be, that he he made me this way. He made me with the personality type I have, mm -hmm. made you that mm -hmm. way, with mm -hmm. the eye color I have, with the family I had, the skin color. All these are beautiful gifts that he created yep. us with yep. so that beautiful we can, gifts. yes, that we can reflect yeah. his yeah. image to the world yeah. in such a unique and specific way. And we are looking too often to everyone else, to how we wish we looked, the personality we wish we had, yeah. the job we, used, we we want to one day, or the platform with everyone on it. When God's like, no, I'm, I'm calling you to this, only you can do that. Yeah. And when we get so wrapped up in the depression and we go, get wrapped up into that, that stuff, that's what leads to depression and anxiety a lot of times because we're trying to keep up or we're trying to yeah. be. And God's like, actually, I have something that's so uniquely you that if you lean into that purpose, you lean into your personality, you lean into the story that he's given you. Actually, yeah. he can do something pretty magnificent that will put purpose and hope in a future. So what are you going to do with it? 
not to the point where we need to put anxiety and pressure because sometimes that's where I fall into. It's like, God, you yeah. have me do this. Even at the beginning, you're like, you do a lot of stuff. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. Why am I doing this much? Your because identity becomes wrapped up identity. in those things. And that's the, this is the key piece is that the world is trying to label all of us trying to put yeah. our identity, tell us what our identity is, put us in the boxes, put us in the little corners. You stay with your people that only agree with this. And then it creates this like just struggle, the fear mm -hmm. and everything. It's a fight over identity. And whether people know it or not, we are in a spiritual war. Mm -hmm. And the enemy would, does not want you to, to know who you are in who Christ, you really are. that you are yeah. chosen, that you are adopted, that you are redeemed, you're forgiven. You yeah. have good things planned in advance for you to do, as it says in Ephesians 2.10. And so when and we- We're royalty. We are royalty. I mean, you and I, Come you're on. a princess, I'm a prince, son and daughter of exactly. the king. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and just knit together so specifically in our mother's womb, as it says in uh, Psalm 139, it's like everything is purposeful. And if we put identity in anything else, we will lose track. We'll fall into that depression. We'll, we'll, the anxiety of the things that we do, the podcasts, the, what, all the mm -hmm. things that you, mm -hmm. all the things you do. Like it, it's so easy for us or to be identify as like, I'm a mom and that's just it. Like I'm the mom or I'm the dad or I, you and know. Then, and then like we, my wife and I went through this recently. So my wife was a stay at home mom, loved it. That's what she wanted to do. Right. And the kids leave home. And for then a little what? while, then all of a sudden she was just wrestling with who am I now? Mm -hmm. Like, who am I? And she had mm -hmm. to try to find that. So That's what powerful. would you say to someone that that is struggling with with identity? Just going, I, I hear what you're saying and I get it intellectually. I just can't get it that, you know, from my head to my heart. I can't get it down there. What would you say to them? For me, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm such a feeler too. Mm -hmm. I have to go to truth first it's it might be in your head but reading it getting people to tell you truth being around people to speak good things about you um writing things down i mean i did that this morning i just was like i am you know called by god i am and not like in a you mm -hmm. know yeah. i had to actually sit there and tell myself and and repeat it back i know this sounds like you know kind of woo woo for some people yeah. but i'm like i had to repeat it back to start to believe it because it takes a, a while for your head and your heart to connect on what is truth and what we believe and it's what are you putting into your life the, mm -hmm. the music you're listening to the things you're learning the podcast you're listening to because that's going to speak stuff over you and we have to be so careful with that but it's learning um the stuff that we've shared today what are those identity pieces? How has God made me? Take a moment and write down your story and then see how God or see how you can use that. God can use it through you in a redemptive way and be like, this isn't just a fault in my life. This actually may be the very thing that God has allowed in my life, the, the bad thing maybe, to actually help people around me and, and repurpose your life, repurpose you and give it over to him because my, I mean, I'm such a heart for people to know that there is a vibrant life available to them. That's why my show is called The Vibrant Life. That's why, because Jesus has, it says that he has come that you may have life. Yeah. Abundant and live it life. abundantly. Yes. Yeah. Abundantly. Yeah. Not just a life, but an abundant life. Yes. And that's the truth. And that's why a lot of times it takes our heart a while to catch up. Yeah. But when we start repeating it, maybe write it on a note card, put those things in front of you, write down your story one time, tell someone a part of your story. And I actually want to, I would say too, if you're dealing with depression or anxiety, find someone to tell. Mm. Don't please don't find someone yourself. to help. Yes. Yeah. Please find someone to tell. 
Um, cause that's just a practical, mm-hmm. hopeful handle mm-hmm. for someone to go and do that. Um, because what, what happens is, is it breeds it and it grows in the dark. So if you're isolated from people, the depression gets bigger, the anxiety gets bigger because you didn't speak it. You haven't shared it. It's in your head. It's in your mind. It's in your feelings. And once you bring something to light, then the truth can be shed over it. And then, then you can find healing. You can find hope and truth. But when we hide it away, which is yeah. what happened in the garden, they hid. Yeah. The yeah. moment they felt shame about something. Yeah. And God calls them out. He's like, where are you? It's so interesting, the, the, the verbiage you just used, because in, in creation, we see almost everything needs light to grow. Mm-hmm. But you're saying depression and anxiety, it grows in darkness. In darkness. It's one of the few things that in isolation and darkness, it will, it will actually breed and grow. And that's exactly. what we have to fight against that. So I, I hear you saying that one of the most important things, if you were talking to someone who's going, I get it up here intellectually, I just can't get it to my heart is it's not, you can't listen to a podcast once or quote a verse once or quote a a pithy statement. It's something that you have to be repeating to yourself, Mm -hmm. right? That's what I hear you saying. Mm -hmm. Somehow write it down, speak it to yourself, have other people speak it to you, but it's... it's, Right, because it it takes a long time for some people because it doesn't match with their feels. (laughs) Like, and so I just encourage people always write a verse on a card or write truths about like what, you know, of who God is. Mm-hmm. I mean, focus on who God is because mm-hmm. he's so good and majestic and awesome and powerful. And he's our provider and our peace and our hope. And you're like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Our problems start to like shrink real yeah, fast yeah. and like start writing down attributes of who God is if you're a believer and um, just see the good and be thankful and, you know, a place of gratitude. I mean, yesterday I was dealing with some pieces of anxiety in my mind and I was getting so overwhelmed by all the stuff I had to do. And I just started crying. And then I was at church and I told a few people and I like people that I love and trust and they prayed over me. And then I was like, I walked out of there and I was like, Oh, okay. It's not as big as I thought it was now that I spoke it out. And when you said, so I would say, write it down, repeat it, find someone to talk to about it that you trust or, um, or counseling. I, an advocate for that as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. I myself have one. I, you know, find a way to be able to talk through it and get truth spoken back over you. Um, and a couple other practical things, get active, Mm. um, go on a walk. You know, even if your brain's like going a zillion miles an hour, go on a walk. If your brain's not going at all and you're feeling depressed, go on a walk. Like, go get outside. Walking solves a lot of things. It does. It's all over scripture too. But like, go outside and breathe back to breath, just fresh air that God has for us. And um, and again, like, I'm not going to go into this whole story, but the story of Elijah, but it's just incredible that he was like one of God's biggest prophets. Yeah. And after some of the biggest miracles, he was laying out there and depression. he depression yep. and he wanted yep. God telling God to take his life. Yep. And he isolated himself. If you read it, mm-hmm. he like tells yep. his, yep. his, his purse, his assistant, if you will stay back, I'm going by myself in the desert to die. Yeah. And he gets out into the desert and God's like, go to sleep. Yeah. Go to sleep, dude. Like, I mean, he cares a and lot got more. Some food too, right? Yeah. So a nap he, and a meal and a walk will do a lot. I'm telling you sleep. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's what we say. Take a nap, eat a snack, okay? If you're feeling depressed or you're feeling on the verge of making a decision that is life-altering, go to sleep. I know it sounds trivial, but Mm. it's like sleep. What are you putting into your body? It matters. The angel wakes Elijah up and gives him bread and water. Mm -hmm. Are you drinking enough water? Mm -hmm. Our bodies are literally responding to some of the ways we're not actually taking care of it in the physical. So those are some other practical ways. And, and then he gets up and he walks. At the end of that story, it's he sleeps, he eats, 
He drinks some water and he goes back to sleep, does it again. And then he goes on a walk back to what his calling yeah, was yeah. and he gains strength. So all of those things are very practical yeah. ways yeah. to help us get. Not small things. It sounds so trivial. It's, it, that's what I feel like. like that's what, why I said it. It sounds nap, trivial. snack, and a walk. I, yeah. Yesterday after, I was like, I need like a 15 minute nap. Yeah. Like, and I yeah. felt better waking up and it's just, it, it just, it matters. We don't prioritize it, but God created our bodies in a certain way that it actually does matter on our mental health mm -hmm. and we have mm -hmm. to prioritize we it create as holistic beings right holistic yep, absolutely yep. and so i know that we've talked about and covered quite a few things but those i hope are just practical ways yeah. as first steps yeah. and don't be like oh i have to what am i eating healthy i had to drink all this water today and i need to go on pick one thing to focus on and then once you get that going to pick the next thing don't be overwhelmed more so in a space that already feels overwhelming um, just look for those little moments, and um, yeah. I really believe they'll compound and, and help you out of those moments. So. Man, that's so good. Allie, we clearly need to have you on here again because we had – I'd shared a couple of things. I want to go here. I want to talk about – that. we didn't get to some of that. Like our mutual hero, Esther. I know. Like, I love her so oh my, much. And, and me too, and her and Mordecai. And if people don't know what we're talking about, go to the Bible, find the book of Esther. Yes. It'll take you like 20 minutes to yes. read it. 10 or 11 chapters, mm -hmm. unbelievable story. But uh, sometime we have to have you on just to talking about mm -hmm. it for, for such, such a, time, such as a this, time as this. And and it's not just about Esther, that story connects with all of us. Like exactly. We've all been put in this place in history, in this particular spot in the world for such a time for as this. Such a time you gotta come back this. and talk about that We'd sometime. Okay, we, gotta, we have to do that. And, and there was another question I had, but we're just, we're just out of time. So let me do this though. I'm gonna ask you what I ask all the guests. It's ironic because there's no gray areas, two truths and a lie. Okay. So they've heard you for a little over 30 minutes now. Um, I've met you twice now, I think. I'll, I'll see if I can guess it. They're going to try to guess as okay. well. Okay. Well, I'll say this. I'm an adventurer. Okay. And I love to travel. Okay. Um, and that has just been in my DNA. And so uh, my first one is when I was in Thailand, um, I traveled around for a couple of weeks and ended in the city of Bangkok. I always like to try local foods and try to be, you know. Mm -hmm. That gets you in trouble sometimes. It does sometimes, <laughs> you know. And um, I was sitting there and they walked around with a platter and it was um, scorpions. They kept putting around, putting in your face. And I was like, I don't know. Well, I am from Arizona. So I feel like eating a scorpion is like, Poetic in a weird way. Uh, <laughs> I'm an Enneagram yeah, four. So. Yeah. Yeah. Number two. Okay. So I went to school in London for college for a little bit. And on one of the weekend trips, which is epic, highly recommend yeah. going to school somewhere else for a little while. On one of our weekend trips, we went to Paris. And then we decided, okay, we're going to go to the Eiffel Tower um, after we had lunch and our baguettes out on the lawn, being all cool and thinking we are. Yeah. And we get onto the Eiffel Tower on the elevator and we got stuck in an elevator. On the Eiffel Tower. On the Eiffel Tower, which felt like hours. Yeah. It was probably like less than 15 minutes. <laughs> like, so, so, okay. So, you, so so you eat a scorpion, everything, tail and all. Yeah. Get stuck in the Eiffel Tower in an elevator. Yeah. Number three. And number three, I taught English in South Korea for a little bit. And we were out on the beach and we just hear these sirens going off. And we had locals coming and yelling at us telling us to get off the beach, we had to leave. And so we pack up our hotel, get back to the school where we were teaching at one of the little like university spaces um, for like fifth and sixth graders. We get back, it starts pouring rain. We're with our students. We're having to move them from building to building. And I live in Arizona, right? Yeah. Um, 
hurricanes. You know, been like a flash flood yeah, or something nothing like that. nothing in my life. And it was probably one of the most scariest moments because I didn't understand the typhoon yeah. word, yeah. really. And you're in charge of all of these kids. Yeah. And so you're like trying to take care of them. But also I feel like our kids, we had so much fun and it bonded us in yeah. such a beautiful way that it was one of the... Again, you had to yeah. be there at that time to get a typhoon on a beach, but yeah. that was one of my memories of teaching over there. So those are my three. Okay, two, two truths and a lie. So I'm going to go either you're a really, really good liar, which I almost hope this isn't true. <laughs> so I'm going to say number three is true because mm -hmm. you were telling that like you would have experienced that. Yeah. So that's true. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, if you told me that was a lie, I was going to be like, wow, you're a good liar. Okay. So that one, So I'm going to say the lie. I'm going to say the lie is um, stuck in the Eiffel Tower. 100% a lie. Okay. So yes, you did but eat we a did scorpion. go. I did eat a scorpion and oh. I did go to Paris and we did go to the Eiffel Tower, yeah, just, but didn't get stuck. Okay. Um, but yes, I did eat a scorpion and I'm pretty sure I still have health issues from that oh. day. <laughs> so don't That's do that terrible. if you go to Thailand. That's terrible. Just say, wow, that looks great. Thanks. Yeah. And then don't partake. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. Well, Allie, thank you so much for taking yeah. the time. Um, I, I have no doubt. I learned a lot. I have no doubt the listeners learned a lot as well. So really appreciate you. you appreciate what you're doing. Thanks for sharing with us. Thank you for having right. me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the No Gray Areas podcast. To dive deeper into the story, be sure to subscribe, follow us on social media, and check out nograyareas.com.